Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Kerry Smith of CarefulSense.com with me. Kerry's mission is to help tackle your big, hairy financial mountains. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here, Kerry. Uh, tell me how and why you started Careful Sense and what were you doing prior to it? My background is actually in accounting, and I was a small business accountant for over a decade. And so I had a lot of interaction with other people who had their small businesses. They were their own boss. They had these really cool uh, ventures that they were doing and trying to build their own enterprise. So I was able to see a lot of the financial struggles that they came across and some of their um, things that they were afraid of and they didn't understand and it was a bit overwhelming. So as my career progressed, I started talking one-on-one with a lot of business owners and helping them with their taxes and bookkeeping and so forth. And I started my blog as an effort to reach more people and to sort of be a community gathering place for these the same type of problems that we all face starting a business, running a business. And um, that's when I started being able to connect with a lot more people and help a lot more people too. So when you when you face these financial problems or organization issues or anything, when you start a business, it kind of puts a damper on what your dream is because it's like all this practical stuff slapping you in the face. So I'm really excited that I'm able to help people through that. And when they have those aha moments and uh, the the times when they think that they can actually do it. What were some of the common financial struggles or what were some of the most common things uh, these entrepreneurs were afraid of? At least, you know, the ones that you came across. The biggest challenge I feel is that they don't know where to start and they feel really overwhelmed. So some of them, some of the people that I know have businesses that are already established and they are a little off track or they need to catch up or they feel completely overwhelmed with organization side of it. Or they want to start their own business, but they don't know how, and they're stuck in a job or career they don't like, or they started something because it was a secure path, um, and they want to get out of that and try something different. So a lot of it is the the unknown, don't know where to start or how to get back on track. Okay. And in terms of building your own business, how do you market yourself? Um, you know, let's say, what are the top two or three uh, most effective tactics or strategies that you, you, you do apply in your business today? I definitely live by the rule that relationships are built offline once you've made those introductions online. So a really good way to reach a lot of people and create a really good supportive network is to start out on social media through emails through your you know contacts through websites and be able to cultivate those relationships you know like we're doing now jumping on a Skype call or a phone call or a meeting in person locally with someone or at a conference so once you have the initial contact on social media through email then you're able to develop the relationship further seeing how you connect and how you can help each other and be that support group that we all need because you know Starting a business or a new venture is really scary, and it's nice to have that sounding board and that support system around you. So I would definitely say the first thing is social media like Twitter or Facebook. uh, LinkedIn is a great place, too. 
and then carrying it forward into those local events and conferences and networking opportunities. I, I read that you've done uh, freelance uh, writing uh, work. How did you get those first uh, few clients? I actually did the whole working for free to establish my portfolio thing. So I reached out to a couple of financial institutions, some banks and places like Visa and stuff that were looking for writers that didn't have a or that didn't pay much or didn't pay anything at all. And I said, I would love to write for you. I love using your service, your bank, whatever. And so I started from there. They were awesome to give me the opportunity when I didn't have much of a portfolio built up. And since then, I've been able to leverage those you know, first few contacts to more bigger and better opportunities. And did those become paying clients or you were just able to use the names that, you know, I have experience working with this brand and why don't I help you too? How did that work? Um, there was a mix of both. I was able to say, you know, I've been working for you for X amount of months. I would love to transition into a paid opportunity and I can bring this amount of value to it going forward. And there was also a few of just, you know, having the opportunity to write for these bigger brands like Yahoo Finance and so forth that I could say, this is the experience I've had. And I got new clients or referrals out of those opportunities. So so since you since you started your business, what would you say was the biggest mistake that you've made or maybe not even I don't like to use the word mistake, maybe learning experience. Sure. Yeah, I agree with learning experience over mistake. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that I've learned over the past year. I haven't even I quit my business about a year ago, so I'm still kind of new to the game, although I did have my business on the side of working my full time job. So I've really had to learn to balance my entrepreneurial pursuits with my family obligations, my social life. It's really easy to get into your own brain and just work, work, work and forget that, you know, you actually have to eat and live. <laughs> so um, that was probably the biggest learning experience for me is finding that balance and really um, being able to, I guess, go with the flow because we had some family issues come up. I had to move to a new state to help um, them go through some medical things. And I had to take my business with me, you know, I had the privilege of that, thank goodness. And uh, being flexible and really just trying to work it in what, with your family things and with the rest of your life has been the biggest issue, but also the biggest accomplishment. And do you see other types of businesses have the same challenges or do you see them to have other types of challenges in their own businesses? I think it all, it has a similar vein um, we all are trying to find that balance between the success that we want to create in our lives and that really um, that, that sort of freedom, but also not become a workaholic and, you know, tape to our desk and just work ourselves silly. So I think that is a common theme for sure. A lot of, of the other people that I interact with have that same goal where they want to create more freedom in business but they don't also want to, you know, you don't want to be out on the street homeless because you're chasing your dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Now, uh, what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs, especially early on uh, when they when they start out? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. 
for me, it has was definitely that superhero syndrome, thinking that I could do everything. And in actuality, that is a huge time waster because some things you're not that good at and some things you shouldn't be doing and some things that you hate doing, you slog through it anyway. And it just like is a total time suck. So I wish I would have embraced asking for help, utilizing my network more, hiring some assistance, um, working with contractors on certain projects and all the things that. I shouldn't have been doing or I didn't know how to do. And instead of trying to just figure it out myself, I would, um, you know, ask people for help who have a better expertise than me. Yeah. And, you know, I think a little bit, um, you know, going outsourcing and getting help, I think that kind of uh, is, is a natural extension to that. On your site, you talk about helping entrepreneurs create systems, you know, to optimize their business. What parts of, of, of our business should be systemized? Let, systematized. So uh, you know, let's say somebody that's, that's brand new to business, let's say the first six months or a year, what do you think where, where we should look in terms of uh, systematization, if I can get that word out? <laughs> sure. Um, the... I'd say the first step would be to start off with something small, um, one particular project or something that you're trying to accomplish. It's often very difficult to do everything at one time and push a project through or, you know, finalize something that you're trying to put out into the world. And the easiest thing is to start small and system uh, systematize, let me see if I can say it. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult. Yeah, difficult. yeah. Um, something simple, like an everyday task, such as answering customer emails or uh, putting a blog post on a website or sharing something on social media. Smaller things that don't require, all, like, they may take up two or three minutes of your time, so you could easily do them, but you don't realize how much time that ends up taking. So start small with like everyday tasks and it's really easy to once you're going through the tasks yourself, it's really easy to just pop open a Word document or something and say step one, I did this, step two, did that. And so you have it all listed out and you probably don't even realize, you know, how quickly you might go through it, but it's actually something that can be easily sent to someone else to put on their plate. Um, I like to have a quick little checklist, things I hate doing, things I don't need to do, and things that I don't know how to do. So any starting with any one of those things, especially if you hate doing it or you don't have the skills to do it, those are the top two, can be easily something to start out with first. Okay. Now, if you, if you had to choose a couple of people to emulate... Um, in your business, uh, who, who, are, who are those people? I learned a lot of what I know right now from Alexis Grant. She has a website, alexisgrant.com. She talks about the new world of work. I started following her before I even quit my job. Um, I'm also lucky enough to be a member of her team. So she's also a mentor to me. And she has a very different approach to how to have a career in this, this new digital age, how to do your, your very best and, and create that uh, freedom in business. So I definitely would, you know, check out her website, look up to her a lot. 
Another one is Natalie Sisson, who is the suitcase entrepreneur. And uh, she is very like amazing at what she does with her, her traveling and being a digital nomad. I'm trying to infuse more of that adventure and traveling into my lifestyle. Don't know if I could like li- not live anywhere like she does and just travel all the time. But I'm really inspired by what she does, how she runs her business all over the world, works with team members from all over the world. That's definitely something that I'm trying to get more into myself. Okay. And, um, you know, I I looked at some of your writings in, uh, you know, places like the Huffington Post. I mean, that's congratulations. Uh, you know, these are a lot of a lot of people would like to to get published in in one of these publications. What action should we we take to get published in a publication like that? I was really excited when the Huffington Post reached out to me for the first time, and it was actually through uh, the attention that one of my uh, articles had gotten on my website, where I talked a very personal transparent look into my financial life, how I got into debt, how I paid off all my debt, and why, how I was using that to propel my career forward so I could eventually quit my job. And I put numbers on there. I put exactly how much money I made every year, my whole debt plan, I had chronicled it. So my point is that you need to be very transparent with your work, really resonate you'll resonate with other people when you put those numbers out there you put those hard stats out there you really reveal a certain side of you that you may not otherwise it could be totally embarrassing too you know i didn't want to say that i was in debt and had gone through a terrible divorce and all this other stuff but it really helps people to relate to you and you're able to help them through your experiences your life what you encounter and that's what really um, got the attention. And then these these publications wanted me to continue sharing my work and that perspective. Did they find your blog and that's how they reached out to you? Or did you actually contact them to try to get in? The Huffington Post specifically, they reached out to me. Um, for Yahoo Finance and a couple other ones, I reached out to them. So it can go both ways, but I just made sure that I was really authentic with what I was bringing to the table and showcased my own personal view and sort of um, take on how I approached my life experiences. And um, how how difficult is it to, to be so transparent about it? Because I think a lot of us don't want to feel vulnerable, and I don't think it's possible to write without you know, really feeling naked sometimes about the topics that you write about. How did you get over that or was that even a problem for you? It was definitely an issue in the beginning. Um, I've been blogging for on my site for almost three years. So it's a sort of process that I've gone through. I've definitely had to open myself up more and more and more. And I think what really changed it for me was the response that I received from other people. And I mean, I've written about my divorce. I've written about my debt. I've written about the fact that my job was really tough to quit. I didn't even necessarily want to quit, which goes against, you know, that whole you should quit and be your own boss and stick it to the man. So a lot of my ideas were very controversial or different than what most normal people talk about. I mean, even finances in general are scary and people don't want to talk about those. So I kind of hit it all with my website and um It took me a long time. It was definitely a process. But what I learned was when I did push publish or 
you know, schedule or, or print or anything on a topic that was really personal for me or scary or embarrassing, I would receive emails from other people and questions and small business owners that were experiencing similar situations and how much that my point of view was able to help them, encourage them, save them from certain situations or mistakes. And once you do that enough, it makes it worth it, no matter if you get the bad feedback or you get people who don't like it or it's really scary for you personally. Do you think that's possible? Uh, for example, I'm doing this podcast with entrepreneurs or CEOs of midsize or small companies, whatever it is. Do you think it's possible? Uh, because I'm not really talking about a personal experience. I'm more of a try to be as neutral as I can be when I interview people uh, to have that kind of transparency. Yes, absolutely. There is whatever your brand that you're portraying or that you're building, it still needs to have an authentic voice and that sort of no BS um, take. So even if you're the CEO of something or you're creating a brand, it's really, well, I won't say simple, but it isn't too difficult to come across as somebody or uh, building a brand that is very true to its values. It is true to its customers. It's true to the clients it's trying to work with. Um, you know, there are lots of big brands out there that are easy to emulate your work after, for instance, you know, Apple, they are, have a huge following. They know exactly what they like and what they don't like. And it's not necessarily one person. Yes. Steve jobs was a huge figurehead, but the rest of the people that are in that community and that follow them understand the values just as much as anyone who's in um, a leadership position. So, so you mentioned uh, you've been uh, writing for about three plus years, blogging. Uh, and at what point did you feel that you know, yeah, this is a business? I feel like you know, this is going to be a business for me. Actually, that's something I'm moving more into now. I went through a big learning stage, um, a big reading and, and consuming part where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to offer, how I was going to get this business off the ground, going into it full time and whatnot. So I'm just now moving into where I can see this as a business and a brand on its own, also a reflection of me because I do have very much a good amount of my personal my personality into everything and it took a while to get there because I wasn't sure if I wanted to put myself out there or to create a brand but you have to get to a or I did had to get to a point where I no longer had that employee mindset and I had that creative entrepreneur artist mindset so I'm moving into that now and were you at all impatient with yourself or, you know, you were you were writing and, you know, it happens when it happens. What is your what was your take on, on the whole thing? If you look back. Oh, yeah, I was really impatient. I wanted to learn as much as I could and do it as quickly as I could. And, you know, just like tackle everything at one time. And that's not how life works. Um, unfortunately, you, sometimes you have to learn through experience instead of as you know, someone else is teaching. So I had to learn to sit back and be patient and let the process sort of happen. Um, it, it was hard to do that because I do have high expectations for myself being an accountant and that 
sort of number crunching mind plus a workaholic for a good decade of my life. So I really have a good work ethic, but I had to come to a place where entrepreneurs are very creative. They also have the inventive mindset and they're thinking outside the box. So I'm I'm learning to mesh those a lot better and to let the process be more organic. Okay. Okay. If 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 someone came to you, maybe a friend or a family member or somebody that you knew from school and says, "You know what? I really want to be an entrepreneur." What would be the one skill set that you would train would teach them? That is a really good question. I even had to face that recently with a family member who wants to start her own online business to be to help um, other businesses with their bookkeeping and stuff. So the thing that I have shared with her was to always be learning. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid of what you don't know and don't be afraid to learn more. Um, I think the always be learning is a really key skill that even if you know something, there's so much more you can learn from other people's experiences through books and stories that they share. So definitely be open to learning always. Okay. And do you use any resources yourself to become a better entrepreneur? Maybe some books or some actual tools or maybe systems? That you that that you apply. My number one, I don't know if I want to call it a system, but my number one system that I implement for myself is self care. So if you can't take care of you, you cannot run a business. You cannot take care of your team. You cannot take care of anyone else. Um, I learned that the hard way, obviously. <laughs> so self care should be your top priority. Investing in you. Obviously, that comes into the form of doing, having creative outlets, having hobbies, doing things that you enjoy, things that spark your pursuit of life. And I'm a big reader of business books. I love The Startup of You, um, The Pumpkin Plan. There was a new one that just came out called Virtual Freedom. There's quite a few books. I have them on my blog, too, that I absolutely love to read. Um and then trying to take care of myself more, putting myself as a priority instead of just everyone else, which, you know, you can fall into the trap pretty easily. Yeah. Now, if you could start all over again, I mean, yeah, you've been you've been kind of you mentioned part time uh, at, at some point. But uh, but regardless, if you could if you could uh, start all over again, what would you do differently, if anything? Wow, if I could start over, um, well, I would probably not hide behind the online persona so much. Um, I was really scared to put myself out there or to create a brand, period, because I was afraid of how it would be received and if people would resonate with it. So I think hiding behind, you know, the computer, I guess you could even say, or not realizing that other people on the other side of the screen are people too. So they're just like you. They're just human beings. I didn't realize 
that in the beginning and it really crippled my growth. I took it really slow. <laughs> I guess it's good to build that foundation, but you also have to understand when the momentum is there and when to use it. So I took my time and I didn't embrace the full potential of what having an online business or a small business could have. And I wish I would have embraced that more and not been so scared. So you don't you don't think it's good to ease into the whole thing? It, you think if if it's possible, just go right right ahead and just be a hundred percent transparent from day one. I yeah I do agree with that a lot. I mean I I think you should take it at the pace that makes you comfortable, but also slightly out of your comfort zone. Um, It's really easy to sit in your safe place and do what you what makes you feel good and you never make mistakes or do anything wrong or have failures, but then you won't have any accomplishments either and make a big difference. So definitely go at the pace that makes you comfortable, but also push yourself slightly out of it. Okay. Uh, let me ask you about goal setting. How do you know that you're on the right track what kinds of goals do you set for yourself and and do you have goals for the next 30 days next six months next two years and and you know do, do you have anything like that or or you know anyway i'm going to end this question because i'm just going in a circle <laughs> but you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely yes um i have a business coach who is really great for keeping me on track and i do set quarterly goals, I have monthly goals, and I have yearly goals too. Uh, every year I start out with a specific phrase or word most of the time where um, 2013 was all about getting unstuck. So everything that was related to that was getting out of a bad job situation, getting out of bad relationships, getting out of all these stuck situations. So every year I have a theme. I also have goals for 30 days, quarterly and yearly. Um, and then two years out as well. I review those goals every quarter, and I create new ones based on three factors. Um, I have goals that are easily attainable, so things that I know that I can pretty much knock out of the park, goals that are a little bit more difficult, so they'll take a little bit extra work, and then those absolutely scare you to death, don't think you can accomplish goals. So... I have three different types, and the ones that are the most scary are often the ones that I enjoy the process the most with. You learn a lot about yourself through it, and uh, I really like the fact that I'm able to have somebody who pushes me and then the ability to push myself too. So what's your biggest goal for the next 12 months? Well, I'm working on a, a, pro a project right now where... I'm going to be laying it all out there basically from start to finish of if you want to quit your job, this is the checklist you need. So quitting your job to starting your own business, and it's, it's got everything in there of my life story, how not my life story, but <laughs> my story of quitting my job, talking to my boss, saying that I'm done, you know, all of those ins and outs. And it's a really personal journey as well as like how to start your own business, what a startup faces when you're creating your own products and hiring people and working with customers and all that stuff. It's a big checklist of that. So that's my audacious goal to get that out into the world and then also 
you know, into the hands of people that need it, sharing my work with them. So. Okay. And in terms of meeting those goals, what are maybe two or three metrics that you, lo- that you look at constantly? Of course, revenue is a really good metric. I want to reach a certain goal every month, every quarter, see my business grow, add more people to my team. And so revenue is a big one, but also the time. I calculate my time down to basically every second of every day of what I did. So how much time did I spend on my business? How much time did I spend my personal life? How much time did I spend doing these different things and calculating to make sure that it's in a proper balance? Was I tired? Did I feel overwhelmed? Did I have a stressful day? What happened? So the time investment is a big metric, but also my overall success is not measured by money. So that's something that I tell myself every day. And how am I affecting other people? How is my business affecting other people and their businesses? If I'm able to help one person a week by getting an email in my inbox or jumping on a phone call and answering their questions and helping them slog through a mess they're having with their finances or their business, that is a huge win for me every week. So I do have a goal of helping at least one person, you know, completely free of charge, nothing attached to that, as well as revenue goals for the month and then the time investment. Great. Is there is there anything else that we haven't covered but you think would be important to uh, to mention to our listeners or, you know, anyone that is either starting a business or is thinking about it or just wants to take their business to the next level? I guess my last, um, I shared this with my community this week, is how can you be more of your unedited awesome self? So how can you infuse more awesomeness that you are editing yourself too much or you're pulling back, you're not going for it enough, you're scared, and how can you get that out there? I like that a lot, unedited awesome self. I may use that if, if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely. How can people connect with you? Of course, they can go to my website, carefulsense.com. I'm also on Twitter at carefulsense and on Facebook. And I absolutely love receiving emails in my inbox. You can contact me through my website or um, on Facebook or Twitter, and I will interact with you, answer questions, anything that I can help. Well, Carrie, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time today, and I hope we can do this sometime in the future, maybe a year from now, to see where you are with your business, and uh, just to just to check in with you again. Thank you, and make sure you check her out at carefulsense.com. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>